Welcome to Stroke of Genius, a show exploring inventions, the inventors behind them, and the role intellectual property plays in dreams becoming reality. I'm your host, Andrea Madho. I'm a startup founder, a CEO, and a co-inventor with Patent Pending Technology. If you've ever flipped through the channels on a weeknight, you've probably heard this epic music. It's the sound of ABC's hit investment reality show, Shark Tank. And today, we're talking with a young entrepreneur who found herself, along with her partner, in a high-stakes bidding war on national television. Now you have to make a decision. Thank you to all of you. Would it be okay if we stepped out? I would not leave the tank at this juncture. We'll return to the Shark Tank later in the episode. But first, let's properly meet our featured inventor. My name is Anna Stork, and I'm the co-founder of Luminade Lab. Luminade Lab develops and manufactures the Luminade Light, an inflatable solar-powered lantern that's powerful, waterproof, and can fold flat to easily reach areas impacted by natural disasters all over the world. But before they were pitching to celebrity billionaire investors on primetime TV, Luminade's co-creators Anna Stork and Andrea Sresta were just two architecture students who wanted to create something meaningful. In our first year of architecture school, we became good friends. And then it was our second year of architecture school that we started trying to get our studio courses to match up so that we were in the same design course. And why we selected it was um, basically the premise of it was to design something for disaster relief aid because the earthquake in Haiti had just occurred about two weeks before. On January 12th, 2010, an earthquake with a magnitude of 7.3 struck Haiti, killing 220,000 people. In the aftermath of the biggest earthquake the region had seen in 200 years, more than 1.5 million people were left homeless. And in Haiti's 10 cities, families were left in complete darkness after nightfall. It was all over the news about the the millions of people that had been displaced. So in January 2010, we were sitting next to each other. We just started this course and basically a day or two into it, and we were both really interested in looking at what we could design that would potentially help those victims. And we zeroed in on lighting as one of the real needs for those victims. Anna and Andrea shared an interest in experimenting with solar power and renewable lighting and architecture, but wanted to focus on creating a tool that they could actually put in the hands of survivors. One of the things that struck our interest about lighting was that it wasn't something that people really saw as a fundamental need for post-disaster victims. People typically think of food, water, and shelter, and medical supplies, and there's no doubt that those are extremely important. But lighting adds so much value and potentially improves comfort and safety for disaster victims after an emergency situation like that because people are so desperate at night and they are stealing, they are kidnapping. There's such a high instance of crime because people are so desperate for survival. And that's just a very sad and and difficult fact of a lot of emergency situations. And that's what we were reading about in Haiti. And so we were just surprised that there was no lighting product that was designed for disaster relief. Refugees in Haiti were reliant on light from small candles or expensive, toxic kerosene lanterns. Recognizing that these fire hazards were a recipe for further disaster, the two friends began to brainstorm a safer, more effective solution. I think the eureka moment was that we could design a pack-flat light that could be shipped in volume by integrating the idea of an inflatable product with a solar lighting product by combining like those two ideas. Inflatable is kind of a common theme that you'll see like in easily quickly deployable like architecture 
were in shelter. And so it was kind of around our studio course at the time, like people were talking about building inflatable structures and inflatable shelters. And we thought that maybe we could take that same logic and apply it to a solar light. Over the next few months, the Luminate evolved through over 50, that's five zero prototypes, to improve its brightness, function, and durability. It was an inflatable pillow-shaped structure that had a solar panel, LEDs, battery. By the end of the semester, Anna and Andrea were feeling confident about their work. They decided to seek help from their university to start laying the groundwork to turn their project into a business. We, we had kind of a final presentation of our whole semester. And then we decided to meet with Columbia's tech transfer office, which is Columbia's office dedicated to filing patents and protecting technology that's developed either by professors or by students within the university. So we met with Columbia's tech transfer office. And there was like a you know group of men sitting there that we were trying to convince to, to file our patent for us. And they were looking at us like we were you know, a little bit crazy trying to file this like inflatable solar light. But um, we asked them, is this patentable? Are we able to file a patent? They had never seen obviously anything like this come out of Columbia because they're used to biotech and, you know, just not things coming from the architecture school. But luckily, we kind of persevered, and I think we, in part, convinced them that it was patentable and that we wanted to file a patent and that there was potential opportunity for this product in the market and so, or this technology in the market, I should say. The all-male Ivy League tech board may have been skeptical hearing ideas from two young female architecture students, but the innovative technology spoke for itself. They are all inflatable cube shapes. And then on one side of the cube, they have a solar panel. The idea is that it diffuses the light within the cube. So it creates this nice, useful quality of light and is completely waterproof. But all of them are extremely lightweight and they all pack down to less than an inch thick. To put this in perspective, for every eight conventional flashlights, you can pack and ship 50 Luminate lights. This had enormous scalable potential. With the help of the faculty on the Columbia Tech Transfer Board, the patenting process for Luminate was in full swing. We, I learned a lot about patents throughout the past however many years. At the very beginning, we wrote the technical description of this product, and we also wrote um, some of the background information that made it into the body of the patent. But early on, I did not have a full understanding of claims. The patent claims define in technical terms the scope of the protection that is granted by the patent. But then later in our subsequent filings, we definitely took more of a hand in really thinking through what claims we needed, how to shape them, how to structure them. And I think that that is extremely important for any entrepreneur to really read through and help to define those claims because the most important things, obviously, in a patent are the claims. And so having a hand in that is extremely valuable and essential for any entrepreneur. Wherever there is a unique idea, there are bound to be copycats and counterfeits. Thankfully, Andrea and Anna covered their bases in the patenting process and were able to face that reality with a sense of security. We have had close calls with patent infringement. I think that it's part of the, I wouldn't say game, but it's part of starting your own business and, and developing your own technology. I think without a doubt, you will encounter obstacles in terms of infringement and in terms of competitors in the market. And that has been something that we've had 
very early on, we had copycats and competitors. We've had to really think through what our patent strategy is relative to those competitors and to make sure that also helps to inform how we write the patents. But we are very aware of how to write our patents to protect ourselves from copycats and competitors. By the time they graduated, Luminate Lab had multiple utility patents that covered the technology of a solar LED housed within an inflatable. Now they just needed the means to manufacture the lights. We started to plan for a crowdfunding campaign. And the goal for the crowdfunding campaign was to fund our first production run. So we set out to raise $10,000 to produce approximately 1,000 lights. And we also tested out the give light, get light model. So the Tom Shoes model, you buy one and we'll send one to one of our partner NGOs somewhere around the world to field test for us and distribute. So our goal with that was to sell lights to see whether customers would be interested in buying this for themselves, but then also to start to get a pile of lights that we could then donate to organizations and start to get feedback, to start to really understand whether this was something that they would want to procure for their uh, own relief supplies or humanitarian efforts. And so we launched that crowdfunding campaign in November of 2011, five or six months after we graduated, and we were fortunate to raise $50,000 dollars through our crowdfunding campaign. And we also received a ton of press. And so for me, that was really the turning point for, I would say, this project turned into a company at that point. It was a big moment for us to really take this to the next level. With the Give Light, Get Light campaign, they were able to see the Luminate in action for the first time. We were able to go to Malawi with one of our partner organizations called Shelterbox, and they distribute these boxes of supplies as well as additional items for victims after an emergency situation or a crisis. And we went to visit some people that had been displaced by a flood, and Shelterbox had given them two of our lights a couple months before. And so we went with them to follow up on that distribution to see how they were using the lights. That was one of the first instances where we really got to see our lights that we had manufactured and we had, you know, first prototyped in our kitchens and we got to go see them firsthand um, and the impact that they were having. There were a few moments when visiting Malawi that really struck me. I had never been anywhere within Africa before and it was so interesting for me to, to go to Malawi. We visited some communities that were very, very remote. You know, they had to walk miles to get to get water. They had no electricity. I remember visiting a woman who had been displaced several months before due to the flood and she was in a temporary structure, almost a, a tent still, even though it had been several months before that she, uh, she had lost her home. So she was still in her temporary structure and she been given two Luminate lights for her home. And I remember meeting her. And one of the things that was so interesting to me was how how she treasured her lights so much. She walked us through her routine every day of like where she put them to charge during the daytime. She had like this little window in her shelter where she like tucked them in and then how she inflated them each night, where she hung them within her tent to inflate them. It was just so interesting how they had become part of her daily life and how well she took care of them. I remember thinking to myself, like I can't believe that this product that we had literally like made by hand with these plastic bags and heat sealers in our kitchens however many years before now was being used and treasured by this woman. And that was a really, really nice moment for me. 
After seeing the Luminate put to use in Malawi, Anna and Andrea thought it deserved its chance on the world stage, which brings us back to the tank. Since it debuted 10 years ago, Shark Tank has developed a huge following, and it has raked in a handful of Emmys and TV Critic Awards. On the show, entrepreneurs make business presentations to a panel of five investors, or sharks, who then choose whether to invest in the company or not. For many early entrepreneurs, being featured on the show can be a make-or-break opportunity. I remember being outside, uh, walking around my backyard and receiving a phone call from the producers of Shark Tank. So we were lucky that they decided to actually fly us out. And that's how that's how it started, though. It was just luckily applying online. <laughs> Luminade was a promising product and out of thousands of applications, the seasoned primetime producers recognized that. Leading up to their appearance, the two women perfected their presentation. We had practice nonstop for probably the month or so leading up to flying out. We had friends practice Q&A with us and grilling us on the hardest questions. You, you have one day when you get there that you have a dry run where you're just pitching in front of the producers and the executive producers and they give you some feedback. So we had one practice pitch and then the next day or the day after is when you actually go into the tank. You know, they call you out, you walk down that hallway that you see in the TV show, and then you stand there, you see all the sharks um, sitting in front of you, and they film you for like a minute or so, and then they tell you to go, and that's when you, when you deliver your pitch. And I think that, for me, the scariest moment was just delivering that pitch because I did not want to forget any part of it. And then after the pitch was done, the Q&A actually um, was quite a bit easier than, than that first pitch. The Q&A could last anywhere from like a half an hour to two hours. Ours lasted around an hour. And luckily, we had a lot of the questions that they asked prepared for, and it was more of a conversation. But hold, hold, hold on, hold on. How big can you make the inflatables? Because if you can make them big, that creates a whole new category. Changes yeah, the game. I mean, that's the idea behind our IP. You know, the combination of the solar LED and the inflatable. So you have to open yourself up to even like new shapes, applications, and integrations, like LifeVest or Raft type integration. I mean, I like it. Obviously, it's a great product. I'm more interested in where you're going to go. Yeah. And I'm sure you're not doing this just to build this. No, right. And we got really, uh, really early on, we could see that the sharks were excited about our idea and were supportive of our invention and interested in the different markets involved. So I think we let down our guard a little bit and just um, were able to enjoy the process and have a conversation with them. So I'm going to make you an offer and I'm going to show Kevin what creativity is all about. He tries. So I'm going to offer you 200K for 15%, and I want the option to lead the next round of financing in the amount of $300,000. I want you to know that you've got a foundation to grow from. Hey ladies, you have five offers on the table that's rather rare in the Shark Tank. Now you have to make a decision. Thank you to all of you. Yes. Would it be okay if we stepped out? I would not leave the tank at this juncture. We were not expecting to get an offer from all of the sharks. I always joke that we prepared for everything, but the one thing that we didn't prepare for was to get multiple offers. We did not talk about like what to do at all if that were to happen. And I wish that I wish that we had, but we had, you know, a couple seconds to kind of talk with each other, although it's like very awkward because you're standing in front of the sharks and you're just kind of whispering back and forth about what to do. We appreciate everyone's offers. Mark, I think you got a deal. Thank you. I'm excited to work with you guys. You guys are awesome. I don't know. Oh, it's going to be great. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for your time. So why did they go with Mark Cuban? 
One of the things that we liked about him is that he was asking us what else could we do with this technology. And our goal, you know, as I've talked about in filing our patents and thinking about this technology was that this is not a product, it's a technology and we see it as that. And so we wanted to really push the boundaries of this technology and develop different sizes, different scales, different use cases. And Mark was really excited about that. Um, And so that's why we went with him. Shark Tank has helped us in a lot of different ways. I think that the the recognition that we've received from being on Shark Tank and just people saying, oh, I saw you on Shark Tank, it's definitely been very helpful, especially because Shark Tank has so many re-airing. So they have like a lot of reruns. And so a lot of people have seen an episode of Shark Tank and sometimes have seen our particular episode. And then in terms of sales, it was also, it was incredibly powerful, you know, the first couple months after Shark Tank. And then I think it was kind of a challenge that happens after Shark Tank is, okay, this was so just such a growth spurt for our company. Like how, what do we have to do to keep it going up? And so it kind of like makes you rally and think through like what else you can do. And, and that also I think is very beneficial for our company. In addition, Mark Cuban's also very, very supportive and his team is also very supportive. And the network of Shark Tank companies is also a huge resource to us. While they may have had a little help from Hollywood, the success of Luminade reflects the dedication and hard work of a great partnership. Andrew and I balance each other very, very well in terms of, you know, she is always thinking about cost and how to improve our profit margin. And I will be thinking about how to stay on schedule with our production run and what's needed in terms of product improvements and things like that. And we both have um, a good knowledge of the other person's side of the business and there's overlap, but we also have divided it up, which I think is very helpful. I'm really proud to be a woman, woman inventor and to have a woman-owned business. And I also acknowledge that there's been a lot of things about being a woman inventor that has helped us. We've been able to receive a lot of support from women-focused business plan competitions and women-focused mentor groups. And it's been very, very helpful for us to dig into those opportunities out there to support women in STEM and women entrepreneurs. And that's been kind of a growing resource over the last couple of years, I think, in general. So we've really gotten a lot of help from those resources. Women in STEM is a bit of a buzzword phrase, and it's frequently used to frame stories of women who succeed in spite of their gender. That's not the case with Anna or any of the women featured on our show for that matter. Her personal experience has empowered her. I think being a woman inventor definitely influences my point of view in a, in a lot of different ways. I remember seeing, I went to Women in the World and I think it was Hillary Clinton was giving a speech and she was asked a very similar question and she said, women have a lot of things that they need to embrace and need to be proud of. There's creativity in terms of problem solving that is very unique to women. There's a lot of intuition involved that I do believe that women and men are different in some ways and that have impacted the way that I problem solve and the way that I lead a team. And one of the things that has driven me is to kind of prove that despite the fact that there may be challenges or, you know, glass ceilings or that even going back to like that tech transfer office, I think like all of those challenges in front of us have pushed us to just want to prove ourselves more and have given us kind of this competitive drive, which I do believe has a lot to do with being women and just wanting to push as hard as we can and to fight as hard as we can. 
Luminate arose from a simple idea, bring light to people in their darkest moments. Together, Anna and Andrea took this idea from a classroom to the world stage by remaining present, flexible, and realistic about their goals. We did think about it as a project. And I think the benefit of thinking about it as a project is you aren't afraid to fail and to try different things and to try different things quickly. So we iterated very quickly. We tested out crowdfunding. We really were just focused on thinking about the next step, thinking about it in terms of like a couple weeks ahead of us or maybe a month ahead of us. We did not think about it in terms of like where we wanted this company to be in two years or three years. While there are benefits to thinking about the like the big picture of vision, I actually think it's very helpful to just work really hard to get to that next step and have that be a validation of then taking this step after that. So I would say that it's so important to just put it out there as quickly as you can and to try to get feedback and then go from there. Because the more you sit on it, I think the heavier it becomes to move it forward. Thanks to our guest, Anna Stork and Luminate co-founder, Andrea Treshta. You can learn more about Luminate and get your own light at Luminate.com. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Stroke of Genius. This podcast is produced by Atwell Media on behalf of Intellectual Property Owners Education Foundation. Please rate and review us on the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.